A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. So Jofra Archer is finally back after almost 18 months on the injury sidelines. We'll discuss his inclusion in England's 14-man squad for their three-match ODI series against South Africa next month, every ball of which will be live and exclusive here on TalkSport 2. We'll also discuss England's test squad for the tour of New Zealand in February and March. Stuart Broad returning to the fold for that one. We'll look back at a very successful IPL auction for England players. Sam Curran making history and Joe Root getting his first ever contract. We'll also speak to Ireland bowler Josh Little after he became the first Ireland player to land an IPL contract. And we'll end the show by selecting our test team of 2022. Uh, Plenty of discussion on that point. So, plenty to come over the next hour. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. All right, Harmi, let's begin with Jofra Archer. Um, First time in an England squad since uh, March 2021 as he continues his recovery from elbow and, and back injuries. It's um, a huge, huge relief. You can't, you can, you can manage injuries, um, but you can't wrap a, a fast bowler in cotton wool, can you? Um, and this seems just, just about right. Um, you know, a couple of games for the Mumbai Indians, in or sorry, the Cape Town Mumbai Indians, um, and then three ODIs if he's good to go. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant to see him back. That's the most important thing. A lot of a lot of people are putting for Archer's back for the Ashes and stuff like that. He hasn't got there yet. And he's a long way from long way from that. If he's fully fit come June, he'd be playing the Ashes. Trust me, he will be. Not a problem at all. But you've got to get him there first. And I think the plan that England have got for him is the perfect one. A little bit of short format cricket, a little bit of the longer short format cricket. And then they've got to somehow find a way of getting him into Red Bull games before, before the Ashes, which comes up in June. I just, I'm just pleased to see the boy back. I really am. He's box office. He is what this England team, you know, has needed for a, for a while. Um, even though England are riding such a crest of a wave, it tells you, it just shows you when you've got Mark Wood in the team, what a different animal this, you know, this team can be, or what different uh, characteristics it can have. Um, when you've got a fast bowler, so to have Archer as well as Wood fit. Um, it's brilliant to choose from. And then you can wrap them up in cotton wool, make sure they're playing in the big games. Um, but first and foremost, it's, let's just be happy that the boys back playing, um, whether it is for the Cape Town Indians, whether it is for Mumbai Indians, whether it is for England in the shortest format. Um, I'm just pleased for the boy that he's back playing. A few people have said, uh, why has he been selected? Why has he been selected? Uh, not on Jofra Archer. But um, Harry Brook getting his maiden ODI call-up, Ben Duckett um, recalled. What I enjoy about that, it seems to me, is that it's not a precise science. And what I really enjoy about what seems to be going on with the England selection is, well, we don't know. We don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the right selection or or not. Let's see what he can do. Let's see how Harry Brook takes to ODI cricket. Absolutely, 100%. And do you know what, man, 
we sat here less than eight, well, a year ago and a bit ago when they're talking about rotation, rest and rotation policies, and we hammered it. Why did we hammer it? Because we're getting beat. We're losing. You know, why are you resting your best players? You're getting beat. You're losing. It's so simple now. Nobody, nobody batters an eyelid when somebody's been rested or rotated or left out the squad and having this game off or go and play in the UAE and play some sort of T20, T10, T20 cricket. Not bothered. We're winning. Who cares? And that's the way. That's how fickle sport is, and you know, especially at the top. So, what Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes, Matthew Mott, and, and Josh Butler, along with Rob Key, have have done is. You get a winning formula, you get a winning dressing room, and you get a winning environment. You can rest these players. You can give these players time off, and nobody will criticise. And that's what they've done. They've given it a winning winning dressing room, a winning, a winning wear, and now they can rotate the players and play them whenever you feel as though that it's the right time to play them in. It's perfect time to bring Harry Brook into the one-day squad. Perfect time to, pick, to bring Ben Duckett into the one-day squad. Um, because when you look at it, where have they just been successful? Well, they've been successful in Pakistan. 50 over World Cup is less than nine months away. It's in Asia. It's in India. It's a it's a great time to have a look at them. So, like you said before, winning is the most important thing. You can do what you want when you win. When you lose, everybody asks questions. So nobody's nobody's bothered about who's not in the squad. Everybody's bothered about who's in the squad, and that is that's a great place to be. There's also an element of financial pragmatism as well with Joe Root, James Vince, Sam Billings um, playing in the International League T20 in the UAE. So they're not included um, in the ODI squad. And it's, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to trivialise it, but there is an element of, I tell you what, lads, you know, I mean, Joe, you don't need to play three more ODIs. Go off to the UAE and earn some cash. That's fine. Yeah, I get that, and it, it it also it's 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 uh right, Joe. It's a little bit of a you know go and earn some cash. Yeah, fine, but go and be a human again. Go and get the human element of being a father. You know, go across, take your kids, take the little ones to to Dubai, play cricket every other night. Go and enjoy some cricket away from the ridiculous pressure that comes with playing for England. The ridiculous pressure you have as England captain, which he had for five years. I think it's a masterstroke. Saying to Joe Root, right? You know, if you want to go and play in Dubai, go and have a, go and have three weeks with the kids in Dubai. Go and go and stay in a nice hotel. Give the kids a swimming pool every morning, where it's fr- instead of being freezing cold at Headingley, hit some balls, do do whatever you there, play some cricket. Don't need to come over to South Africa for three games in five days. No need for that. We know what you can do. There's a good chance you've been in the in the in India when it comes to you know, October November time. Go and enjoy yourself. Basically, go let Joe Root be Joe Root with his wife, with his family. I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a, it's a little bit of a little bit of rest and re- relaxation, and a little bit of cricket in between. What more can you want if you're Joe Root? And I think it's it's very very good for England management. Uh, so well put, Harmy. What is interesting is I just want to remind people that every ball of that three match series is live. Um, here on Talksport too. <clears throat> just from a practical point of view, what will be interesting is some of the players are playing, Joss Butler, um, Sam Curran, are playing in the South Africa T20. There's a little window of five days where there will be no SA20, no league games to create that window for the three-match series. So that'll be fine for for Joss Butler and, and Sam Curran and the other guys that are playing in that league. There's also four or five, uh, Moen Ali, David Milan, and a few others, a couple of others, who are playing in the ILT20. What would be really interesting, and it finishes after that series, is if they hop on a plane from Dubai to Cape Town, which is a nine-hour flight, and presumably extremely comfortable if you turn left and walk to the end of the plane on the left, mm. um, and, and then just play the series and then jump on a plane back to D- Dubai to finish that league. Absolutely, but that's... They're the ones that are going to have... They have not got the stripes that one or two others like Joe Root have got. I think that was a little dig to see you turn right when you got on the plane going towards Australia from South Africa, Manus. Um, But yes, I'm sure they will be comfortable when they turn left. I remember Andrew Flintoff once saying, turn right on a plane. He's never ever turned right on a plane. He always turned left. And Goffey, Goffey went even further left. If Goffey wasn't sitting with a pilot, he was sitting very, very closely to him. So there are great players that I've played with who only turn left on a on an aeroplane. And I'm sure these boys will do that from, from Dubai going to South Africa. Unfortunately, that's what you have to do if you want to play for England because there's, 
names that you've mentioned, they are white ball specialists. They are multi-format players. Their, their, their tournaments are in such a short window that they have to do that. And then, you know what? They're going to have to do it because looking at this one-day squad, there's 14 players in it. There's probably five, six who will be in India, probably five definitely who will be in India. So there's 14 players probably only playing for about 10 spots if there's a if it's a 15-man World Cup squad. So if you have to turn left and get on a plane for nine hours to prove that you, you know, you're still relevant to play for England, you're going to have to do it. OK, let's move on to the Test Match squad because, the, again, there are some very interesting selections in that and, and none, I, I think, are controversial. I haven't seen any criticism um, or disparaging comments about that. We expected Rian Ahmed to be rested for that. I'm particularly happy to see Matty Potts back. Um, now, fair enough that he lost his place in the squad during the summer to Ollie Robinson. Um, and, you know, that was that was justified. But it was because Robinson needed to come back. Uh, everybody knew how good he was rather than something, anything that Potts did wrong. So I think that's really great that he's been recalled. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to see the boy back because he deserved to come back. You know, at the, at the start of the summer, Matty Potts would have been over the moon just to play full summer for Durham. So to get in the England squad, I think he's, you know, all his Christmases had come at, at once where all the ball was falling a bit. Um, he filled a huge gap. He helped England no end. He proved that he could play an international cricket. He made the pool of bowlers a lot bigger. If not, if he's not quite on the, I think, in the top six bowlers, I don't think he's quite in the top six bowlers when it comes to, when he, when you look for, for, further forward from, a, from an Ashes point of view, if everybody's fit. Think Broad Anderson, you think Robinson, you think Wokes, you think Wood Archer. Then probably Potts comes into into the equation there. But I'm pleased he's back and he's got a great chance. The one thing I would say, man, is I'd have took the I would have took the young leg spinner. I would have took Ryan Ahmed. I would have more for the fact we went we went on New Zealand last time and we broke Joffre Archer. We played on two flat two or three flat pitches. We Joffre bowled fifty overs in Mount Monganui. So if it comes to that again, you get to the first Test match. And we play on one of these wickets and we have to win the, the second test match because you know, the other wickets are so flat, then a leg spinner in your t- a leg spinner in your group, you know, that wouldn't be a bad thing. I look at this bowling attack and I go, there's nothing that's gonna frighten me if I'm New Zealand, if I'm brutally honest. You know, you look at Broad Anderson, Robinson, fantastic bowlers, don't get me wrong. But if they play on an absolute shirt front and a flat one like we did last time we were out there. And New Zealand go, right, I'm not bothered if somebody wants to bat for three days. England can score seven over if they want. They're going to play on a, on a flat, flat pitch against batsmen who know how to play. You know, the likes of Williamson, Latham, the bat for long periods of time. I might have just took the leg spinner just in case. I think he might have been the difference if I wasn't going to take one of my fast men. And I haven't got a fast man because Mark Wood's not going. So that was my only observation of this squad. It's a nice squad. Are you going to play Ollie Stone? I don't think you're going to play him. I don't think they trust him to play him in a, a five-day game. So from that point of view, the only person I possibly would have took extra would have been the leg spinner, just in case I might have needed him to win a second test match. OK, and uh, finally, as predicted by you some time ago, Ben Duckett keeps his place um, at the top of the order. And uh, and and final word, um, as pleased as I was for Matty Potts, I um, was equally pleased for Dan Lawrence, because I think he's a... He is a Stokes McCullum type cricketer. Hundred percent. I'm really pleased for Dan because the one thing I the one thing I'd, I'd say about the COVID players, you know, the rest and rotation, the ones that went to Australia and took an absolute battering, they need to be given another chance because what they had to go through and the way they had to play, if their if their careers ended off the back of COVID, I'm sorry, that's just wrong. So Dan Lawrence has been given a chance again. He didn't do badly in Australia. I don't think, I think for a young player. So to be given another chance, he's going to have to hope somebody gets injured because I can't see him getting into this top seven the way <laughs> England were batting. But if he does get a chance, he deserves his chance because I wouldn't like to see his chances go because of COVID. And that's something that I think all the players that played during the COVID era, two, three years that we had behind closed doors in Australia, that for me, I think the players deserve second chances to you know fulfill their test match abilities and dreams when there's a little bit of freedom and especially the freedom that this uh, current regime gives so good for you dad 
You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. All right, let's talk about uh, the IPL mini auction. Not so mini for Sam Curran, who was man of the tournament, of course, at the T20 World Cup, and expectations were high, and they (laughs) duly delivered as he became the most expensive player in IPL history, going to the Punjab Kings for just under £2 million. I guess I guess American sportsmen will uh, will think is that all? But um, <laughs> <laughs> we can just run through the whole list here. Harry Brook also broke a record. One point three million pounds was the most expensive overseas specialist batter um, mm. uh, in IPL history. So it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, we can we can we can just go through the numbers and wow, wow, wow. Uh, but there are a couple of other storylines behind those two as well. Um, Joe Root getting his first IPL contract. Many people didn't think that would happen. What stood out for you? The numbers, brilliant. I'm really pleased for Sam because when the IPL first started and Kevin Peterson, all them years ago, kicked up a fuss and fell out with everybody at the ECB, you know, all this IPL was the sort of biggest uh, elephant in the room for the uh, for the ECB because of Schedule and timing and everything like that. Kevin was right. Kevin was spot on. First time I'm going to agree with Kev that he was spot on when it comes to we needed our players to play in the IPL for our players and our team to get better. I think it's gone full circle now. I think the IPL want England players in it. And I think the the players from outside, the players from around the world want to play with England players. And that's the thing that stands out to me. You know, Sam Curran won you know, nearly £2 million. He had a wonderful tournament. He is a fantastic player. And I've gone full circle with Sam as well because I'm like, how do I get him in my test team? And I'm like, no, just forget. Just let him play now. He's 21, 22-year-old. He'll play the test team when he's 26, 27, 28, when England need him, when there's an opening for him to come in. But just let him play and let him fulfil the talent that he's got. He'll find his way into England's test team. So what a time, Brooke, as well, to have a great tournament. Ben Stokes, he's got a dad's army of, uh, of of franchises. He's not quite dad's army just yet, but <laughs> it's a big, that's a good sign in that for Chennai. That is a really good sign in that for Chennai. They replaced, obviously, Sam with with Ben Stokes. But the biggest one for me, and I'm chuffed a bit because I've been saying it for years, if they can get him in the team, £125,000 is nothing for Joe Root. Because if you build your team around Joe Root, Joe Root will win your matches even in 2020 cricket. So I'm pleased to see the former England captain who sacrificed a lot during his five-year tenureship of England. And when I say sacrificed, there wasn't so much a sacrifice to captain your country, but he's now got a chance to play in the IPL. And for me, it's a bit like the Lionel Messi. Everybody goes, oh, Lionel Messi needed to win the World Cup to be of like greatness. No, he didn't. Everybody knew Lionel Messi was one of the best players of all time. Joe Root doesn't have to play in the IPL, win the Ashes, win World Cups to to know that he was one of the best players of his time. But I think for his point of view, I think he'll enjoy playing in the IPL and I'm really looking forward to seeing him go. So word on the street, Tommy, is that uh, the Rajasthan Royals needed an, a high-profile Englishman. Okay, I know that it's it's you know it's 80-90% what happens on the field. It's about winning the tournament. It's about the profile of, of the team. But there are other considerations. And my, my, my concern is that... Um, is that if that's true, then the Rajasthan Royals have not, it's not a marketing role, but they have very strong connections with English cricket. Mm. And they wanted, and I, to be honest, I think they probably would have put Joe Root at the, at the top of, uh, of their, of their wish list in terms of his profile and, and who he is. And I just, I just hope that, you know, he's not going to be benched because uh, he won't enjoy that. I do hope that he's in the actual on-field plans. Yeah. I think he'll get himself, into the on-field plans because of the player that he is, the person that he is, the character that he is, and what he brings to the table. I, I look at I look at players going in into groups, and you go, just let him get there, and and and, and you see it. You think, well, even like in in the football world, you see players go into dressing rooms, and you go, well, he's not one of the best players. He's not just where he gets into the dressing room and gets used to it, and people learn off him. And all of a sudden, you realise how good the guy is. And that's how good Joe Root is. He really gets into that dressing room, really gets into that training environment. He gets into the nets. And the coaches and the, the captains, well, it doesn't really matter because it'll be Joss, I would imagine, will be captain in that group. They see what he brings to the table. 
And then all of a sudden they'll go, wow, we spent 125K on him, considering what some people have paid millions for. We've got an absolute snip here. And I think that's what, once Joe gets his feet in, 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 into IPL cricket, I think he'll um, he'll slowly but surely, you know, the people will realise that you know what a what a fantastic bargain he has been for the money that he's gone for. And when it comes to Rajasthan, yeah, they're coming into English cricket. They are. They're going to buy one of the. They're probably going to buy one of the big franchises of the hundred. It wouldn't surprise me if Rajasthan try and buy one of the counties, because it just takes one one hundred franchise to go up for sale. And these boys will be in it. And it wouldn't surprise me if Rajasthan, who I think are based in London, go for one of the bigger ones. And if you've got the likes of former England captain Joe Root, current captain Joss Butler in your in your ranks, then all of a sudden, you know, the, the knock-on and the snowball effect of that is, is massive. So, yes, it might be a marketing tool, but I don't think Joe Root's going over there with any marketing in mind. He's going to show them what he's got. What he's got. And um, for 125k, I think it's an absolute snip. It's just fascinating to see how squads are built, how teams are built, how franchises build their squads and what their plans are. Sometimes um, it has been pointed out that uh, this year, um, and in fact, the last year as well, Mumbai Indians have been guilty of not building a team, but rather than buying 15 or 18 players to form a good team, they're buying 15 good players. Um, which is interesting. I mean, you know, you, you kind of look at some of their picks. Cameron Green went for for three million Australian dollars. He's been the talk of the town. You know, people are going, how does he fit in? Are they going to build the team around him or are they just bought him because he's the latest shining star? That's really interesting. Adil Rashid, 200,000. Sunrisers Hyderabad. We've been scratching our heads for a couple of years as to why he hasn't got an IPL contract. But what a magnificent uh, buy that is. And you compare it to Will Jacks being signed by Bangalore for 325000 I know that, well, there are lots of leg spinners, I suppose, in the in the in Indian cricket, in the IPL, local local Indian. So so maybe that's the reason that, that Adil hasn't uh, been bought. But that just seems a bargain. 200000 for Adil Rashid. It is. It's a, it's a huge bargain. I think Will Jacks at 350k is a, a huge bargain as well because I think that boy can play. Yeah, no surprise that he's in and around it. in and around the Test team as well. I thought he might have been if Ben Tucker didn't have the tour he had in Pakistan. I think Will Jacks would have been that batsman, that spare batsman or possible batsman in this African series for the the ODI leg of the in the three leg uh, the three ODI games. So the, that El Rashid one, you can get a lot of local. And it's about, the IPL is about the local talent. You get the overseas players coming in, but if you've got a good proportion of your top 11 players who are very, very good from India, you've got a great chance of winning. And a lot of IPL teams believe that they had sufficient spin bowlers, um, which meant people like us around the world scratching our heads and said, why on earth is he not in the group, in this, in this competition? But got his chance. He's now going to get a go. And again, like Joe Root, Sunrisers have got a snip at 200 grand because, you know, he's still got plenty of miles in him yet. And I'm pleased for Will Jacks as well. He He's a different proposition. He probably won't bowl as much in the IPL, um, but boy, the, he can bat. And Bats has been telling us for nearly two years now on TalkSport and TalkSport 2 that, you know, you watch out for Will Jacks. This boy has got serious talent and we've had a sample size of him in Pakistan. And he's, I'm pleased that he's got a chance in the um, in the in the IPL. Along with, when you look at it, Phil Salt, that's a bargain, 200 grand if he gets a game. And I'm pleased that Rich Topley, he's the only one we haven't mentioned, going to the RCB, that left arm option to give him some experience in India, more experience in India before the World Cup. Because I think you mentioned earlier, there's probably 10 places up for an offer out of the 14 man squad that's going to South Africa. If Reece Topley's fit, he goes to India in the World Cup because he is he is England's best, for me, best left-arm option. OK, just in case anybody missed it at the beginning of this section, uh, you said, Harmi, that, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, uh, it was a question of Kevin Peterson saying England players should go to the IPL. And now it's a question, <laughs> 12 years later, of the IPL saying, please come, England players, we'll pay lots of money for you. 14 of them in the, the IPL next year. So... Fantastic, fantastic uh, endorsement of uh, England's white ball strategy and form. 
You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and two-time county championship winner, Steve Harmison. Next up, we'll continue our focus on the IPL auction and speak live to Ireland bowler Josh Little, who becomes the first Ireland player to secure an IPL contract, signing for the reigning champions, the Gujarat Titans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Delighted to say that, uh, as promised at the top of the show, we're joined by the first Ireland player to secure an IPL contract, and it's not just the IPL, it's... uh, in demand around the world, Josh Little, at the age of 22, you're um, you, you're suddenly uh, you're catapulted into the category of wealthy cricketer. And I have to say, entirely deserved. Um, has it all sunk in? Um, you'll be playing in South Africa and then the IPL and you are you are a man in demand. How does that feel? Yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a pretty nice feeling. Um, and the news the other day was obviously probably as good as a Christmas present as I'll ever get with the, with the IPL news. But um, yeah, it's all sort of happened quite quickly and I'm just sort of riding the wave at the moment and hoping my uh, good days on the pitch keep coming. Josh, you, it was, we talk about the IPL in a second, but you, you had a pretty remarkable 2022, you know, some domestic franchise stuff. What would you say was the highlight of your 2022 and the progression to get you to where you are now, which is an IPL well, where you're going, which is an IPL cricketer. Highlight, I'd say, I'd say to be honest, beating England in the World Cup is one <laughs> step for me. Just, just the day that I was in it, and obviously just the way it happened and everything. Um, yeah, no, that was that was definitely one that would stick out for me, and one I'll always always remember. Yeah, because you've had time playing again, playing with some of the England players. How was that when the game finished? Was it shaking hands with a trying to keep the smile and expression of your face, and you look at you know, the other when they, they went on to win it. And how fulfilling was that from an Irish point of view that you know you've 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 beaten who went on to win the world D twenty? Yeah, look, there's always a little bit of banter with, with the guys you know, um, trying to keep it lighthearted off the pitch. But um yeah, as soon as soon as we crossed the line, obviously it was pretty serious stuff. And 
us as, as a sort of an underdog Ireland team wanting to go out and show England that uh, we're actually a decent side. And, and thankfully, we did that that day. And I'm still uh, still in Phil Salt's ear about that win because he was adamant uh, that we wouldn't get across the line that day. But so to do that was obviously very special. I've got so many questions on that I want to ask you about. You know, you're five for, for the for in the hundred with the Manchester Originals, and and but but I've just got one burning question because I read an interview recently with you, and as much as a fan as I am of of analytics and statistics and matchups, actually I'm not a fan. I am an admirer. I, I admire all that work and all that stuff. It's it's a bit too much for me. And sometimes I, I wonder, but don't have the confidence to, to question it. And then I read this interview with Josh Little and he said, I don't rate that stuff uh, so much. I, I, I like to go on a feel for the game. And I thought, Josh Little's my man. <laughs> I just have never been a fan of it. I've never, I've never really been into my... Well, first of all, never really been into my sort of academics to start with. So reading things, seeing things has never been something that has drawn me to the game. And I've always felt that I play best when I I go on my, my instinct and my gut. Obviously, there's a certain level of planning that needs to go in in my own head. I, I understand who I'm playing against and I've watched the game for long enough to understand not to bowl a half half volley to Josh Butler because he's, he's going to hit it for six. You know, little things like that. But I feel like I've played enough cricket now to understand a rough idea of what I'm trying to do. So I sort of try to stick to that as much as possible. I'm, I'm always open to feedback, but sitting down and watching videos of people blast bowlers for six over cover isn't something I want to do the day before again. <laughs> yeah, man, you really are, man, is a man after my own heart. I had no academics either. I had 10 GCSEs taken <laughs> in 10 years. absent for everyone. I didn't do any. So I was somebody who thought if I could bowl as fast as I possibly could and didn't know where it was going wasn't going to be fun for somebody 22 yards away. So I'm, I'm with you, Josh. I'm not a big fan of these this sort of analytic stuff at all. How surprised were you with, you know, when you talk about the IPL, some of your former, sorry, former, some of your current teammates who didn't get picked up? Because when you look at the emerging nations that have come through and now are nations, in the, international nations in their own right, some fantastic players out there. And you've got two or three with Ireland. I'm thinking of the likes of Paul Sterling, how he isn't getting picked up. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. You know, I've I've sort of always looked at Sterling as being that sort of next person who who's going to get in the IPL in terms of Irish players or you could sort of say non-superstar playing nations. Um, so, yeah, the stream actually, when I was watching it, wasn't very good. I was I was watching some, some poxy uh, thing on YouTube with about 2,000 viewers on it. So watching that and then uh, my name came up and it was sort of through the, the round where the acceleration round so loads of people weren't getting picked um so i saw my saw my name i was sort of sitting there thinking oh here we go and then um it sort of just kept climbing climbing and i still sort of hasn't sunk in yet it was it was uh it was pretty cool what would you say is the quality or the the qualities that um have made you such a standout now i mean the franchises do their work my goodness me they go through thousands of hours of footage um so what what would you say and don't be modest um, what what is it that uh, these these gurus, these guys with their laptops and computers, have said to the coaches and the bidding teams? You need to get this guy. I think it's it's wickets up top, especially in my Ross, Seeing seeing me swing the ball um, at a low economy is is what they've all told me that I've got a pretty low economy for what I do, considering I bowl at the top and at the death. And there are two things I'm always working on. Um, I I actually have only just started to swing the ball in the last year. Before that, I wasn't really swinging it. So being able to bring that into my game has, has definitely added an extra 20% onto my game. And then um, my death skills are something I've always been pretty decent out of. I'm, I'm going about seven and a half an hour in, in the last year. So I think from what they're telling me, that that's sort of the two main things they're looking for. You said that you're very committed to Ireland cricket still. Uh, and, you know, uh, and that's a good thing because you are only 22 years old. But you, you're talking about, about red ball cricket. Um there is a, a career and and a, and a life changing career and a and a life establishing career for you. Um, possibility, you know, in the next sort of ten years. And you've spoken about taking those opportunities, but you still want to play red ball cricket. And and hopefully, if the if the cricket world gets its act together, Ireland <coughs> might play a few more test matches. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd like, for example, we've got a test match against Lord in Lords this year. I'd absolutely love to do that. You know, that's something I've always um, wanted to do and albeit I haven't actually played much red ball cricket, my body wouldn't be accustomed to playing red ball cricket. And I don't understand that 
that takes a lot of work to get up to being able to bowl 40 overs a week and I'm not there yet but um, that is something that is on my radar and I would like to do when the time's right but um, I think at the minute I'm just trying to ride the wave I'm on at the moment and not look too far ahead and take too many things on my stride because that's when the likes of injuries and mental fatigue will come into play so um, I'm just sort of trying to trying to look a couple of months ahead rather than half a year ahead. That's good to 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 have that sort of clarity of thought. And you know, where do you where do you see Ireland going? You know, do you, where do you what do you feel as though you know Josh Little can push Irish cricket too? Because surely the world is going to have to the cricket world's going to have to listen and say uh, instead of and we we we're a big champion for this on this show the Critic Collective, when we ever talk about the guys from the Netherlands or from Scotland or from Ireland, why can't international cricket go to Ireland on its way to England? What would you say to people from the outside world to say, right, bring Irish, bring Irish cricket to the table when you play in England because we have got everything we need to be competitive? Um, where, do you see, where do you see that conversation going? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because I sort of see a small, a small shift in mindset from people from maybe two years ago where, where they would have played us and we would be a massive underdog and it would just be sort of a walk in the park. But you look at our, our results and, and how we've gone against top teams in the last year or so and things have changed from that goes back to beating the West Indies 3-0 in, on their home soil and or even a couple of years back in uh, in the Aegeus Bowl where, he, where we beat England on that famous day and Obviously, then we beat England in the, in the World Cup. So we're starting to put together some performances against top teams. So I think it's a matter of not going to those qualifying competitions because when people see that we're in those qualifying competitions, they sort of think these guys are useless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So being already there is sort of the next step for us and, and not having to qualify because people don't look at you the same when you have to qualify. Once you're already there, that's when you're a real big dog. So I think making that step there and will be crucial, and that's only going to come through winning more games. But that's the big one, I'd say. Just lastly, for me, take the financial reward out of the equation here. You got a chance to play in the IPL, or you got a chance to play at Lords in a Test match in 2023. Does it get any better? Is that something you go and right? Yeah, you know, forget money. This is cricket and experiences. To go and play in the IPL for 14 games, or to go and play at Lords for five days. Which one are you looking forward to most? Which one am I looking forward to? That's a very, very good question because you're asking someone who's never held a red ball before. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, have you been to Lords before? I played at Lords in the final of the hundred this year. Yeah, yeah that's that was, right. That yeah, was, you have. Yeah. What was that? What was that like? Just the experience itself. Can you imagine doing that for five days? Yeah. No, that was that was amazing. Um, I absolutely love playing there. It's a tricky one. I I don't have the answer right now. Okay, then, Josh, uh, a last one from me and a last one from both of us, actually, because I know you've got to go and train. Uh, but I, I have to ask you how you feel about, you know, I, I, I can't work it out, crawls and lacks and things. I think it's about £450,000 that uh, the Gujarat Titans have paid for you. And I know enough about Irish cricket to know that, um, you know, your, your concerns in the early years were about not having enough chicken in the in the, in the the lunchtime sandwiches. And I know that money's been tight and I know that it's been a, a, a tough journey for you. So how, how do you feel about I, I know you don't get all of that. You know, we should make our listeners aware of that. Uh, there'll there'll be tax and things uh, to pay, but it is still uh, a hefty whack, and um, that'll look uh, pretty tasty in the current account when that lands. Um, how, how does the money? How do you think it'll affect you? I don't think it'll affect me at all, to be honest. This I'm, I'm I still understand. You know, I'm only a young lad, and um, I'll be speaking to some um, accountants and financial advisors and stuff like that. Try get it working in the right way for me. I hopefully want to buy a house next year, so that'll that'll be a nice jump towards a house but yeah no I don't think that type of money is going to phase me just yet maybe maybe if I was in the shoes of Sam Kern and I got 3.3 million I might be thinking a bit different <laughs> but that uh obviously it's a, it's a really nice amount of money and um life-changing for someone my age but um it's only the beginning for me so I'm still staying on two feet for now Josh Little very very best of luck to you we'll be watching keenly thanks very much cheers guys that was Josh Little, left arm seamer extraordinaire from Ireland. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and the former number one bowler in the world, Steve Harmison. OK, just for a little bit of fun and uh, quickly before we move on to news from around the rest of the world in the final section, we're going to go for our Test 11s 
of the year. Now, the biggest um, question for me was, which Englishman did you leave out? I honestly, honestly could have had five, if not six, um, mm. in, in my team of the year. But um, in the end, uh, and I'll just give you the whole 11, Harmi, and you can comment on it, and then you give, give us yours. But so I went for uh, Usman Khwaja and Imam Ulhaq to open the innings. Manus Labishain at three. Steve Smith, four. Johnny Bairstow, five. Ben Stokes captaining at six. Rishabh Pant, not the best gloveman um, out of the three contenders that I had, but he, I, just an you know, incredible cricketer and balance of the team. Anyway, so he's keeping at seven. Um, and then I've got um, South Africa's all-rounder, bowling all-rounder, Marco Janssen at eight. Uh, he's taken... 40 wickets at 17 in his first year of, of international cricket. So I reckon that's good enough to squeeze in. I've uh, got Kahisa Rabada, who's uh, equal wicket, leading wicket taker with Jack Leach. We've got to get two South Africans in there. So. <laughs> and then Nathan Lyon and Jimmy Anderson. That's my 11. Yeah, I, I've got a few, not different ones, but things to, to throw out. Yeah, I, I agree with Kawaja. I think Kawaja and the Ashes and the way he's played. Australia played 11 times. Uh, Kawaja's got, he's got runs on the board each time. So I've got no problem with that. Imam Ohag, yeah. Well, I'm going to throw Craig Brathwaite. When you look at it, West Indies haven't played a great deal of cricket and the way he captained and the way he played against England early in the year, I thought, you know, to win that series, um, I thought Brathwaite. So Brathwaite over Imam, but I wouldn't have a problem with Imam. The only one that, I, I've got to get in my team, and he's the big one, and his team have had a shocker, and that's Baba Azam. Yeah, Baba Azam has got as much as Smith and and Labuschagne have got boatloads of runs. You know, Australia have played eleven times, and Pakistan have only played once. And Baba Azam has been a bit like Joe Root for the last sort of two years, played basically by himself to get eleven hundred runs, eleven hundred and fifty runs in. 16 innings in nine test matches, an average of 76. I think you've got to, you've got to find a place for, for Babber in there. And I think he went in, for me, he went in instead of Smith. I think Labuschagne stays in the side. Besto, no problem with. He was He's had a fantastic summer, won games for England. You could see Travis Head, Chandamal, Brooke, the way he finished the summer. But I think Johnny Besto, over the course of 2022, He's won far too many games for England from not to be in the side. I agree Ben Stokes has to be in. It was 50-50 for me on the wicketkeeper, Tom Blundell or Rishabh Pant. And I think Pant, I'm happy with Pant. Pat Cummins could have got in over Marco Janssen. The interesting one for me, yes, Jack Leach has got the most wickets. But when I look at the numbers and I look at how the player, Schlanker have played eight times this year. Jai Surya has played three test matches in six innings and got four fifers. He's averaging 17. And I'm thinking, how can he not be in the side if you're looking at just in figures and the way he's playing alone? But I don't think he's played enough, Jair Surya, to get in as a frontline bowler. So Nathan Lyon got in there. You had to pick Jimmy Anderson, no question whatsoever. But I'll go with, if I couldn't, because Broad and Broad has got, and Leach has got yeah, the, the most wickets from an England point of view. But I think Anderson's contributed and. England's success more than the other two, standout-wise. So I don't have a problem with the your side. I would The only one I'd change would be Baba Azam instead of Steve Smith. OK, and uh, I will concede that Marco Janssen's only played one year of international cricket, but I guess I was just pointing out that uh, he's taken 40 wickets at 17 in his debut um, international season. So, uh, and, and he bats a little bit. So that's um, that's that's our, our bit of fun. Now then, Shahid Afridi. I assumed that this clearly was not the Shahid Afridi when he was named interim chief selector um, of Pakistan. There's been a coup d'état. Let's face it. That's what happened. England yeah. have beaten them three nil, and there's been a coup d'état. And Ramiz Raja was uh, thrown out as PCV chairman. The selection panel was uh, sacked, and and it is Shahid Afridi is. Chief selector. Yeah, oh, they've just well. they've basically gone, well, the way England are playing, they've changed the full the, the whole structure of test match cricket. Who's the closest thing we've got to this crash bang wallop game? Right, we'll give Shahid Afridi the job. We'll get him in is to pick the side. So we're gonna have eleven players like Shahid Afridi. They've had their ashes moment, Pakistan. 
have had their Ashes moment. They've basically gone, right, we have it every four years. If we lose, when we lose in Australia, right, we're going to play with the Kookaburra ball. We're going to reduce our teams. We're going to play on better pitches because all our, because we're not very good. And then you have a cold shower, realisation that we have got some good players. We just need a little bit of a change in thought, change in mindset. And there's nothing wrong with the way we play cricket. And Pakistan will get to wherever they need to be. But it, it just seems that every time Pakistan and the West Indies, very, very similar when it comes to board point of view is when they have a, a shocker, it is, that's it. Rip the whole thing up, start again. And unfortunately, you don't get very far when you do that. And Rami's Raja, I think he, he polarised opinions. But for me, he, he played, against, he played against a very, very good England side. When you listen to Rami's, Rami's was front and centre. He wanted to be you know, the man that was seen to be out there and seen to be spoken. And I've got no problem with that. The one thing I thought Rami's had, he had a bit of a plan. Um, he got the TV companies on board. He got people back into playing cricket inside Pakistan. It looked as though, forget on the field, it looked as though you look at Pakistan now, Pakistan was, you know, from a travel brochure point of view, it was an attractive place to go when you, when you think from us. The, the supporters had a great time. The teams had a great time. Rami's did some good stuff on that front. Rami's can't control how his cricketers perform. Um, so to just rip the whole thing up and start again, you're going backwards and you feel for the likes of you know, Rizwan and he didn't play in his test match. Babrizam, who's leader of a, a team which seemed to be a revolving door of players coming through. Selection policy was non-existent when it looked at you know, how Abra didn't play in the first test match when you look at... So Shahid Afridi has got a lot of... He's got a lot of work in his interest to try and sort some you know, some stuff out that, that needs to turn around very, very quickly. When you look at Pakistan and Rami's Raja, Pakistan, the Pakistan Super League looked as though it was an attractive proposition for players around the world to go and play. Like I said before, he got people going back to play there. So uh, I wouldn't kick him too much. I think he's, I think he's did a decent job off the field for the PCB. Um, but it just seems that a little bit like changing the political party. Once there's a change at the top, the whole thing changes. And cricket in their country is more important than anything that we could understand in England. So, yeah, they'll get there eventually, but I'm sure they'll go around the houses as usual to get there. It's my favourite part of the show now, where I've got too much content and too little time. It seems like I plan it every week that way, but it's not the case. What I'll do is I'll I'll just chuck a handful of uh, confetti of news at you. India are back in contention for a place in the final of the World Test Championship, uh, needing 145 to beat Bangladesh in the fourth innings. They were 74 for seven. Um, and won that game with the remarkable R. Ashwin. In the thick of things, once again, Shreyas Iyer also um, took them home with an unbeaten um, eighth-wicket partnership. Loved the energy of them using two night watchmen in that fourth inning. So that was, that was terrific stuff. Um, how about John Lewis and, uh, and the England uh, women completing an 8-0 whitewash? Three ODIs, five T20s against the West Indies. What little I saw of that, that looked like a... Pretty shambolic uh, West Indian team, to be honest. The men's team have uh, be, have have had Andre Coley appointed as uh, interim head coach, and I think he might do a good job. He's a proper full time professional coach, uh, Jamaican. He played um, a dozen games for Jamaica, so some you know first class experience. Hasn't played for the West Indies, and I, from what I hear, is egoless. And I think that interim appointment might just work out rather well for them if he can get some results. Yeah, and Roland Butcher um, appointed to the West Indies selection panel, joining Desmond Haynes and Andre Coley. So the West Indies are trying to get, uh, certainly making good appointments, I think, to get uh, their acts together. So what stood out for you amongst that lot? Yeah, good to see Roland Butcher, a friend of TalkSport too. Yeah, common fellow commentator. It just seems that whenever we get commentators, they go and get they go and get jobs in the, in the hierarchy of the system. So good on him for, for doing that. They need some stability, you're right. And I thought Phil Simmons was getting there, just getting the players to play for him, that's it. And I think he'll, he'll do a good job. John Lewis was always going to start well, you're right, the West Indies were a shambles. Uh, but take nothing away, the women played brilliantly. Yes, India, Australia is a mouth-watering preposition for the World Test Championship. Um, and from a father's point of view, um, I didn't know the news about Tamal Mills, 
I didn't didn't understand that. My daughter came in and said, Dad, have you seen what's happened? I didn't know. And we I'm I'm sure I speak for everybody that's listening to talks, but we wish Tamal Mills and his family all the best when he comes coming back from Australia. Um and hopefully hopefully the little little ones on the, the you know the right road to recovery. Absolutely right. Um yeah, she had a stroke and they were actually at the airport on their way to mm-hmm. Australia to play in the BBL. Quite extraordinary. Uh, so we're all the best wishes to to the Mills. You've been listening to the Cricket Collective here on Talksport Two, with me Neil Manthorpe and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you missed any of the show, or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed now available via the free Talksport app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back at the same time next week for our first show of 2023. But for now, we hope you've had a lovely Christmas, and everyone at Talksport wishes you a very happy New Year. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 